You're simply giving them an answer to their question. And honestly, hanging out in those groups and seeing what questions people are asking, that is going to give you content ideas for your podcast. It's also going to give you ideas that you can pitch to the media. Because if one person is asking that question, there's probably dozens more that are thinking the same thing. Welcome to Imperfect Action. I'm Steph Taylor. For years, I read all the books, downloaded all the freebies, and did all the courses. But it wasn't until I started taking Imperfect Action that my business had its first million-dollar year. Imperfect Action is about doing things before you're ready, prioritizing consistent action over perfect action, and moving forward, even when you're not sure you're doing it right. On this show, you can expect mindset advice, actionable marketing tips, and strategies to build a business that brings you more profit, more freedom, and even more joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co forward slash DBB or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome to Imperfect Action. This is episode 562. Today, I'm really excited to be coaching one of my Launch Magic students, Tiana Karamayas, who is a Cavoodle coach who's struggling to grow her audience ahead of her first online course launch. Now, if you don't know what a Cavoodle is, it might be because you're based overseas. A Cavoodle is what most countries would call a Cavapoo, so a type of puppy really gorgeous type of puppy. Now, Tiana is the first person in her industry that is doing what she's doing. So she's really struggling with Instagram and with growing her email list. So today we're talking about how can she grow her audience ahead of her launch and how can she get media attention as the very first person who is doing what she's doing in her industry. Let's jump into today's episode with Tiana. Diana, welcome. I am very excited to be workshopping with you today. I'd love if you could please introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Hi, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Tiana Karamayas and I'm a Cavoodle breeder and coach. The breeding side of things is quite self-exploratory. I breed Cavoodles, but for the coaching, I help families raise their Cavoodles to complement their lifestyle rather than complicate it. So specifically looking at separation anxiety, social anxiety, and grooming and handling. Yes. And as an owner, as an owner of a Cavoodle, I know, I know that separation anxiety very, very well. And the group. We all do. Uh, so when you reached out for this call, you mentioned that you were struggling with growing your audience. I'd love if you could give us a little bit of a background, what specifically you're struggling with. So I am growing my audience currently over at Instagram email list. And I also have a podcast myself and I'm just struggling to reach. Um, more Cavoodle owners in the beginning stages when they're getting a puppy or right before they get a puppy. And because there's so much noise on social media right now, I feel like people are getting their, their questions and, and answers from all different sources and not specifically from people who are in the industry. So I'm struggling to reach those people at the moment. And what have you already tried? Um, reels, not successfully. I'm not a big fan of reels. Um, the podcasting is doing well, but that's quite new still. I've also... Um, just being on Instagram and Facebook, just sharing on stories. That's my favorite form of connecting, but it's not something that lasts. Obviously, it disappears after 24 hours. Yeah, absolutely. So something that comes to mind straight away for me is a lot of like mainstream media talks about how, especially here in Australia, they talk about how Cavoodles are like the most popular dog at the moment. Yeah. 
There was a lot of that around the <laughs> pandemic, especially. And I wonder if there's some kind of opportunity for you there with the mainstream media um, to reach those new audiences because social media is great for um, connecting with people who are already following you. It's really hard to reach new people these days. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been finding too. And I've been thinking about that because obviously they are the most popular breed in Australia for a reason. They are beautiful and they suit families who live in apartments and houses. Uh, it's just about, I guess, reaching them. And I think mainstream media might be a better way to go by the sounds of it. Yeah. And it could even be as simple as looking for journalists who have already written stories about mm. how popular cavoodles are. So doing like a Google News search just for cavoodle and seeing what comes up in the last 12 months, looking at who wrote that and then coming up with some angles that you can pitch them. Do you have an idea roughly of like what kind of um, angles might be newsworthy or is that something that you'd like to workshop with me? Um, I think it's, it comes down to education for people who are looking to get cavoodles and just understanding how to find a good breeder because the influence a breeder has on the temperament of a puppy is huge and people don't understand that. Um, so more so, yeah, looking at finding a good breeder and then when you bring them home, puppy school just, it isn't enough for cavoodles. It doesn't cover the, it, the behavioral issues specific to the breed. So the separation anxiety, social anxiety and grooming and handling, which is massive. It doesn't really cover that. It's too short of a time span. So. I guess changing everyone's mindset about finding a good breeder and not just a breeder on Gumtree and then not doing just puppy stuff for their puppies. Mm. And I think the thing to keep in mind when you are reaching out to these um, to these mainstream publications is you're probably going to reach more of the people who are thinking about getting a cavoodle rather yeah. than those who already have a cavoodle. And so the, when you're coming up with those uh, angles, or even if you think of them as like headlines, think about what would make a compelling headline to somebody who hasn't yet got a cavoodle. Something like, you know, the the things that every family or most families don't consider before they get a cavoodle. For somebody who is thinking of getting one, that's going to be a really appealing headline. For a journalist who might have written about how cavoodles are the most popular dog, that might be a really compelling article for them to write uh, or or for you to guest post on a particular publication. That sounds that sounds really good. Actually, I hadn't considered look, like reaching out to journalists. So I think that's a really good idea, um, especially when people do. They tend to Google when they're looking to get a puppy and they read everything and anything they can. So to get some messaging across there, I think that'd be amazing. That's a great idea, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it also, it might help to think of it in two separate so like think of media as two separate things. So there's articles that would be written by the journalist and then there's sort of guest posting where you would be writing the article and you're pitching it to a publication. They're slightly different. So okay. the journalists might be the ones who are writing those articles in news.com and like those really big publications where they're talking about, you, they might have interviewed a couple of families who've got cavoodles and they're talking about why they're the most popular dogs. Whereas on the other side, like the guest posting is something where you would be writing and positioning your expertise. So the, the things that most families don't consider that could go into either, either form. Yeah. And some, some of these publications even have a way that you can just reach out and pub, like you, you literally send them your Google doc with the article you've written. Okay. Um, and the compelling headline versus pitching a journalist where you might be just pitching them the headline and saying, Hey, these are some, of the key takeaways. Okay. So, um, 
do you have any tips on how to pitch to journalists or yeah. is it the process <laughs> to do that? <laughs> yes. So uh, I guess coming up with those angles is probably the first most important one because how newsworthy your story is will determine whether it gets published or not. And this is, I think, the most challenging part is coming up with those angles. Like what is going to be compelling for somebody to click on that article and read it? Because journalists have a job. They have to create content that people want to read. They need to make sure that their articles are getting lots of views. So they're not going to publish something that people don't click on. So we need to find those angles. And straight away, you're the only Cavoodle coach. That's pretty cool. Like that, that could be a really compelling story. Like meet the Brisbane woman who is coaching owners of the most popular dog in Australia, most popular breed in Australia. <laughs> like that's a really interesting, potentially newsworthy topic. So that might be one um, angle that you could pitch. Another would be the the things that most families don't consider before getting a cavoodle. Uh, are there any other things that come into your mind straight away where you're like, oh, maybe this could be newsworthy? Um. I mean, I guess there's a bit of a, there's a controversial debate over vaccinations and socialization for puppies. And a lot of people tend to keep their puppies locked inside the house because they haven't received all their puppy vaccination yet, which for health reasons is fantastic, but for socialization reasons, it's not. And that leads to separation anxiety and social anxiety. So it's more about educating people on how they can make a, like balance those two things, like health wise for the vaccinations, but then socialization wise for the temperament, which is essential for the dog to grow up to fit into your lifestyle. So that's another, I guess, controversial topic, debate. Mm, and that's that's a good one. So yeah, controversial, straight away controversial, that's probably going to be newsworthy. Uh, it might be something that is more, you might even pitch that as more just like a general topic relating to dogs Yeah, and trust that a certain percentage of the people reading that article might be thinking of getting a cavoodle. Cavoodle, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other, I guess, if you have stories or examples of what can happen if they don't socialize their puppy, yeah, if they don't look after their stories of maybe people who got cavoodles and then realized how much work they were, that's the that's like the counter story to what a lot of these publications are publishing, which is you know these are they're amazing dog, and you're saying they're an amazing dog, but this is what happens if you're not prepared for this amazing dog. Yes, they are. They are high maintenance breed, even though um, they get, uh, I guess, displayed as low maintenance. They are very high maintenance, especially in terms of grooming and um, staying on top of the coats, the coat maintenance. They get has to be groomed every six to eight weeks, but families don't realize just how much effort they have to put into grooming their dog every day in between. And that leads to, you know, shaving the dog and everyone cries and everyone gets upset. Uh, so that's a big issue in itself. And people just think cavoodles because they are hypoallergenic and don't shed and they don't need brushing, which is wrong. They definitely need to be brushed. So there you go. There's like straight away, there's three things that you can potentially pitch. And then with those guest articles, it's thinking about what, like what kind of topics has this publication written or people written about on this publication before and how can I refer back to what they've already published when I'm pitching them? So say that they've already uh, say that they've already written an article about why Cavoodles are the most popular dog. You would say, "Oh, I um, really appreciate these points that you made in this article. I'd love to write a piece talking about the other side of the story, which most people don't consider before they get a Cavoodle." 
And then you, so you're referring back to what they've already got on that. Right. Okay. And you just, these news articles, do they usually have a place where you contact them? Do you just email or contact the person who wrote the article or do you contact the actual, uh, I don't know, the magazine or wherever it's being published? It depends a lot on the publication. Um, so some of the bigger ones will have a link at the bottom where it says, you know, contributor or write for us or submit an article. Yeah. Other ones, you might need to find the editor for that particular kind of division, I guess, like that particular area of the publication. Like there might be a lifestyle editor who you could say, hey, I'd love to contribute this article. And then for the ones, if you wanted a journalist to write about how you're the only caboodle coach in the world, then you would um, reach out to that journalist. So you'd look to see who's written those articles. You would uh, see that person's name. A lot of the time you can use uh, hunter.io. That's like a Chrome extension. And that'll show you the structure that people at that domain have for their email addresses. So it might be like first name dot last name or first letter of their first name and last name. So you can kind of figure out what their email address is going to be. Uh, last resort would be LinkedIn, finding them on there and messaging right. them on there. But that one, I've never really had much of a response on that one. I'm sure they get plenty of people contacting them on LinkedIn. They probably yeah. don't get it as frequently as their inbox, obviously. Okay. So, yeah. And also remembering they, they need those ideas. We're not being spammy. We're not, um, inconveniencing them. We're actually helping them to come up with an idea for a story, essentially. So I always put in the subject line, I always say pitch straight away, like, so they can see this is a pitch. And then I put what the headline that I'm pitching is. Okay. A lot of the time it's not the final headline, but it's like, it's compelling enough to make them click and read. Click into it. And do you usually just send one pitch at a time or do you give them a few different ideas? Depends. Sometimes I'll give them a few different ideas. Sometimes I'll give them one. Um, what I've had more success with has been one, like, so one headline. And then in the email, I break down exactly what that would look like. So I give them a little bit of a summary of what it would be about and some of the key points that we could talk about. Okay. That sounds really great. All right, I'm going to have to look into that. Thank you, <laughs> And then I guess the other thing to be uh, mindful of with media is thinking about, okay, what is that call to action that you yeah. want somebody to take at the end? So thinking about like when somebody reads that article, either about you or something that you've written, what is that next step that you want them to take? Right. So that would be bring them into, I guess, the free opt-in like ebooks and onto the email list. So then you can contact them further. That- yeah. That Either that or even potentially a podcast, your podcast. Yeah. Okay. So you might, and you might link throughout the article. You might say, Oh, I talked about this on episode 10 of my podcast and link to that. If they allow that some places, some outlets are a little bit fussy about links, others not so much. Uh, and also making sure that you have a really clear bio, like a media bio. Like on my social media or like, no, no, no. Like, like a couple of sentences saying who you are and what you do. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> I can do that. So like Tiana Karamayas is a Cavoodle coach and breeder and, you know, a couple of different sent, a couple of sentences really explaining who you are and then where they can find you. Okay. Perfect. You might, you might include host of, and then whatever your podcast name is. I'm sorry. I don't know it off That's the top. Right. It's, so, it's so easy. It's just Cavoodle coach podcast. Cavoodle <laughs> coach podcast <laughs> and you'd link to it there. Uh, and then you'd say, you know, I've downloaded her free ebook 
here. Here. Okay. That sounds great. I'd, I'd love to get more people on the email list um, just so I can start helping them and talking to them, especially if they haven't got their career yet, because that's the best time to be planning and getting prepared and making sure you have a good understanding of how to actually raise them once they're at home, because we can make some pretty bad habits in those first few days unintentionally, and it can complicate life further. So, yeah. And sometimes you might find that the media, media to email list might not be the thing that works and that's okay. It might work for some people. It might not work, but it might be that sending people from media articles to your podcast really works. And then from the podcast, you're converting them into downloading your free ebook. Um, or they might follow you on Instagram. And then from those posts that you're putting on Instagram, that's where they're signing up to your email list. Yeah. Okay. I got. I need to be a bit more on top of Instagram. That's definitely where I am not consistent, but the podcasting is is my I favor that more than Instagram at the moment. Um, yeah, and that's that's okay. Like you don't have to be on everything, and if you don't like Instagram, that's cool. But if that's where your community is, like, and and you have such Instagrammable content, you have the cutest dogs. <laughs> they are pretty cute. They're sticking to still stage. Um, actually, Facebook groups is where the audience is more. Um, located there's all the facebook groups about computer owners australia computer owners brisbane and people ask all their questions in there so that's where that's where the audience is have you been spending much time in there doing much i i reply to different questions and stuff but it's kind of a community where it's thousands and thousands of people and thousands of thousands of people putting their opinion in uh so it's kind of hard to stand out in that space when everyone's got their own opinion on how to combat you know the dog peeing in the house for example oh okay so straight away straight away that's an episode for your podcast okay and um, the wing or the yes there. <laughs> that's the episode for your podcast and then every time somebody asks that question in that group you say hey i'm tiana i'm a cavoodle coach and breeder i talked about this on my podcast here's a link to listen if you want the full deep dive because straight away now, somebody's going to know, they're going to sit up and listen. They're going to be like, oh, Tiana knows what she's talking about. She's not just somebody putting in their opinion, just another Cavoodle owner who's adding their opinion. Yeah. And they're going to go and listen to your show. They're probably going to download your ebook. Bam, somebody's on your email list now. And it wasn't, it wasn't about, there was none of that, which was about going in and trying to promote your stuff. You're simply giving them an answer to their question. And honestly, hanging out in those groups and seeing what questions people are asking, that is going to give you content ideas for your podcast, it's also going to give you ideas that you can pitch to the media. Because if one person is asking that question, there's probably dozens more that are thinking the same thing. That's a good point. I always wonder, like, especially like, you talk about this all the time on the podcast, on um, your podcast, about not giving away the how, which I find really hard because when it comes to puppies, everyone needs the how to make a change. So I find it hard, like toilet training, if I tell them the how to toilet train, um, that's giving away a really important part of you know, the course that I'm creating, which is raising a puppy. So raising a computer. So I always wonder like how much I can go into detail. But it could even be, it could even be uh, pointing out the mistakes that they're making when trying to toilet train their puppy. Right. So that way you're still, you're still adding value without giving them the, Hey, this is how you do it step by step because they, you and I know they need a little bit more support than just the, Hey, this is how you do it. They could Google that. But if you're showing them, Hey, these are the mistakes that you're making. Suddenly they're like, oh, I need to stop doing that thing that I'm doing and I need to change that. And now they, you've positioned yourself as an expert. You haven't given them the how-to so that they 
can come to you if they want that extra support to actually achieve the the toilet trained puppy. Yeah, that's a good idea. I haven't thought of doing the other side. There's definitely some very easy mistakes people make when toilet training, unintentionally, of course. Um, but because puppies don't speak English, uh, they think it means one thing and you think it means the other. So miscommunication happens a lot when it comes to toilet training. Yeah. And there's another, that's potentially another episode, <laughs> ways that you and your puppy are miscommunicating while you're toilet training them. <laughs> I guess there's just, it's just endless different topics when it comes to puppies. I mean, everyone had the same questions, which is helpful, um, but also means everyone can do the same thing to overcome those questions and those obstacles. So, yeah. And what might, like, what it might look like as, because it, it, obviously it's quite a time intensive thing to go into Facebook groups and yes. share those posts all the time or share those comments all the time and look at those posts. As you, maybe at the start, you might do like half an hour every morning of just, you've got three groups or four groups that you jump into every morning and you look to see what people have posted and you jump in and you either get that content idea or you um, share a link. And it might be even that, even if you're just giving like a one sentence, hey, I'm a Cavoodle coach and breeder. This is what I think, like just one sentence, even if it's not off the podcast. Uh, So doing that for about half an hour every day, maybe, or even less than that. And then over time, maybe developing some kind of process where you can ask if you have a VA or somebody on your team that they can do that for you every day. And they have the list of content topics. They have your answers to the frequently asked questions and they can just say, Hey, I'm Tiana. This is my tip. And uh, on, on behalf of Winter. <laughs> yeah, on, on your behalf. Yeah. Okay, that's an idea because I'm, I'm in those groups all the time and, and the question, there's hundreds of questions a day because there's thousands and thousands of people in the group. So it can be definitely uh, quite an overwhelming thing stepping into those groups and then see all the replies and all the different Cavoodle owners rather than who have different opinions themselves that don't necessarily work in the long run. So, so it can be a bit overwhelming looking into those groups and seeing just how much mindset needs to be changed for these new career learners. Absolutely. And then the final, the final thing that I'm going to suggest that could work really well with those groups is long form posts in the group. So a lot of these groups obviously won't like you jumping in there and posting like, Hey, here's my blog post or here's my podcast. Click to listen to it. But what you might say is you might do a long form post inside that Facebook group. And it might be something like five things that or as a Cavoodle coach, here are five things I've noticed most new Cavoodle owners get wrong. And you're just writing all of that in that same Facebook post. Yeah. And then at the bottom, you say, hey, I also have a podcast. I have the Cavoodle Coach podcast, and this is where you can connect with me on Instagram. Or um, you might, I don't know if you could link to the ebook. I guess that depends on the group's rules, but you yeah. would put those things at the bottom. So somebody's reading that post, they're getting so much value. It's not spammy. It's not super self-promotional. And then at the bottom, if they want to learn more from you, that's where they can find you. That's a good idea. But we're already, I do write blog posts um, based on the podcast episode. So it'd be very easy to just convert that into a Facebook little post on the in these groups. Uh, a lot of the time, they don't let you promote yourself. They have very strict rules of no promotion, self-promotion. So I'd have to structure it in a way that's just helpful and just, which is what it comes down to. I just want to help people. So it, it does come from a good place. Obviously. Yeah. And it might not be that you link to the podcast or you link to your Instagram or you link to your ebook, but you say, Hey, I have the Cavoodle Coach podcast. You can find me in all the podcast apps. Yeah. Somebody who's read that has got value out of it and who wants to learn more about raising their Cavoodle, they're going to go and look for that podcast. 
Yeah, which it would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thanks, Steph. <laughs> no worries. Is there anything else I can help you with? Anything I can clarify? Uh, no, I don't believe so. I think I'm going to start looking for the um, different publications and start pitching. I think I just need to come up with a whole list of different ideas and just reach out to them um, and see what's already written out on Google. I tend to not Google these questions because I already know the answers. I need to start Googling and seeing what's already written. Um, yeah, and I, I'm just doing a simple Google news search. So, you know, like you go into Google, you click the news thing yeah. and just search yeah. Cavoodle. You can filter by country if you want it to be Australia specific. Um, I suspect it probably will be Australia specific anyway, because Cavoodle is an Australian word. Yeah. Um, Cavapoo for the American. Cavapoo, yes. <laughs> or Theodore, the new one coming in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess those action steps, yeah, like looking up those articles, finding those journalists, finding those publications starting to pitch and it's it might be that you do it you sit down and do it once a month for a couple of hours it might be that it's something you do every week uh and then constantly also following up uh so not just sending one email and leaving it at that following up two or three times because journalists are busy just floating it back up their inboxes uh and then yeah in those groups every morning replying to those questions <laughs> sharing your content um yeah. and just sharing loads of value okay I did think of just one more thing, I guess, one little question. Yeah. Um, obviously, I am looking to launch a digital course for raising capital specifically at the end of the year. So would I be able to integrate that into these like news articles? Is that something I want to be working towards or is this just a separate thing that I should keep separate? It could be something you mention in there. Uh, you, you know, it could become that you are the world, you're the first Cavoodle coach. And as part of this, you also have an online course where you're teaching Cavoodle owners how to better look after their dog, how to raise their puppy properly. Uh, and uh, over time, you know, it might become that in a few years' time, you've been that person who's taught 2,000 Cavoodle owners <laughs> in your course. And that really demonstrates just how much people need to know about raising the dog. That would be, that'd be the goal. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to get that out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Steph. No worries, Tiana. Thank you so much. All right, that is it for today's episode. If you haven't already hit subscribe, make sure you hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or the follow button in Spotify and you'll get each new episode straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And if you have any friends who you think might be struggling with this issue, hit the share button, copy the link and send it over to them. It's how I get to help more people. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.